Amen. Will you stand with me one more time as we read God's word together? Today we are kicking off a brand new series entitled 321 Eternity. I'm so glad that you are here. I know we are missing a lot of folks due to uh, summer on vacation. We've got several that are sick today, so as you're praying this week, remember those who are, who are out, that God will keep them safe and the Lord will touch those who are not feeling well today. Turn in your Bibles with me, if you don't mind, to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. The title of today's message is, This is My Life. Somebody say that with me. This is my life. Oh, if that were true. Those of you who are guests, you can also follow along on the app on your phone. It's called um, Uversion. And if you look up our church or the zip code, you will find 321 Eternity on there. You can follow our outline this morning. If you don't have your Bibles, you're more than welcome to follow with us on the screen. See if I love the Word of God. Amen. Matthew chapter 7. This is my life, starting in verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and few find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. And every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it did not collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. And its collapse was great. It is your decision church it is your decision not your intention that determines your destiny it is your decision not your intention that determines your destiny let's pray today heavenly father i thank you for this amazing day and lord i thank you for every single person that is here i thank you for your word I thank you for the truth that we find in your word. And Lord, we lift those up who are traveling this weekend. And I ask you to keep them safe. Lord, I ask that you would give a special blessing and a touch to those who are under the weather this morning. I ask that you would heal their body. And Lord, over the next few moments, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would captivate our hearts and our minds. 
Holy Spirit, please speak directly to our hearts. God, help me to be obedient to your word and what you need and desire to say to us today. Help us, God, to apply your word to our lives and let people today be forever changed by the love of your son, Jesus. We give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Do we have any Twitter followers in here this morning? Couple, we have a couple of Twitter followers. Do we have any people in here who have no idea what Twitter is? Awesome. Is anybody in here a Twitter or a tweet or a twit or whatever you want to cut? Don't raise your hand on that one. In the world of Twitter, it is a simplified version of Facebook where you just simply update how you feel or what's going on or pictures or whatever it is. And then on a Twitter account, you always have a hashtag. Anybody ever heard of a hashtag? You ever heard anybody talking hashtag language? It's pretty funny, actually. Well, what, what Twitter is, is people will update their account. Let's say, for example, you're a parent and you have five kids and they're all under the age of four. Is that possible? That's possible. It is possible. A mom would get online and Twitter something like, Oh, the days or the life of a parent with five kids that scream and yell all day. Period. Hashtag, pull my hair out, please. Or... Maybe you went to a restaurant last week or you're going to one today and whatever you ate did not agree with you and so you'd go, I went to a restaurant today and it did not agree with me. Exclamation point, hashtag Pepto-Bismol. So it's common things like that. Um, if you had an amazing uh, cup of coffee this morning um, from the, uh, what are those things called? The Keurigs. You could say, I love to have a Keurig. I have three of them at home on my counter and I use them all at once. Um, I'm a caffeine fanatic. Hashtag, hello. But what's funny is if you find somebody that uses hashtag in their normal language, it's pretty hilarious actually, uh, because there are people who do that and they'll make comments and then they'll say hashtag haha or hashtag just kidding. You're thinking, what are you doing? Are you okay, man? <laughs> but that, that's the, that's the world of Twitter, and and Twitter is all about your life. This is my life. This is about me. You follow me on Twitter. You have followers. I'm following somebody. Um, anybody here that's on Twitter, you can follow me. Justin Graham 04. That's me. You can follow me, and I put on all kinds of crazy things on there. Usually it's about Jesus Christ because he's pretty much the most amazing thing in the world. Hashtag Savior. All right. Just, <laughs> that's how Twitter works. And then if you hashtag something that's going on, hashtag uh, um, um High-heeled country boots. I'm sure there's probably a following of people out there that follow hashtag country boot people. It's a crazy world out there. But it's all about your life. But this is my life. This is your life. The title of the day's message is This Is My Life. And I have actually a couple of pictures that I want to look at of some choices that people have made. Don't bring it up just yet. Of some choices that people have made throughout the decades um, regarding their dressing attire and styles. Um, and maybe some of you today could identify with some of these styles. And I had to go back a ways. Anybody identify with the 40s? Don't be ashamed. Come on now. Check out those pants he is wearing. I mean, that is... Hashtag high waters. I mean, hashtag I have no belly button. And those glasses those ladies are wearing, that is awesome. That is awesome. Let's go to the 50s. Anybody recognize the 50s? Yes. Hashtag I'm going to a flood over here on my right. Hashtag I love animals on my skirts. 
a lot of them. Did anybody wear the poodle skirts in here? This is your, yes, rock it out, Joan. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go to the 60s. Maybe you can recognize this. Check that out. That hair is amazing. Hashtag curling iron. <laughs> or a lot of hairspray. Teasing. <laughs> These guys over here are too cool for whatever's going on over there. But they are just awesome. Let's go to the 70s. Any 70s people in here? Yes. <laughs> Man. Those bell bottoms are rocking over there. I tell you that right now. I don't even know what ideas somebody had when they were making bell bottoms. That is just unbelievable. Hashtag there's a squirrel rolling up my pants right now and I can't find it. All right, let's go to the 80s. The 80s were awesome, by the way. The style. <laughs> Hashtag girl or boy, I don't know. But I remember, see, I remember I was a product of, of a, young, young, a young person growing up in the 80s with teenagers, uh, teenage girls in the 80s. And I remember the big hair. I remember the Aquanet. Anybody, anybody a fan of the Aquanet? I mean, the reason why our ozone is having troubles right now is because of the 80s. You would do the wings, right? You'd spray the wings, and you'd have wings growing out on your side. It was amazing. Uh, feathers. What, oh, sure, that's what you call them, right? <laughs> Let's go to the 90s. Yes! Vanilla ice and fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, hashtag awful flat tops. Awesome. Let's go to the 2000s. Yes. Yes. I don't even have a hashtag for that. That is just amazing. And let's go to current. I don't know what's going on with the styles today, but you'll never catch me in a bow tie. I just, I just can't rock that. I'm sorry. I just, I, I can't rock hashtag no bow tie for me. But you could probably recognize some of those, and some of you probably made the choice to wear those styles, and it's, it's, it's cool because this is your life, right? And it's, it's made up of choices, and some of you, I, I've seen some pictures of some of you from back in your prime, and man, it's good stuff. Good stuff. I remember when I got married, and we had a video and some pictures of me growing up, and I'm thinking, what was I thinking? What was going on with my brain? Why did I wear that? Why did I do my hair that way? Why, what was I doing? But uh, you know, it's it's uh, this is my life, and it's made up of choices. Um, let's uh, let, let's look at some everyday choices that we have to face every single day. Should I get up now or press snooze? <laughs> should I go to work or call in sick? <laughs> what should I wear for work? This red dress or the black slacks or a white blouse or whatever? Or I don't have anything to wear. I'm running late. Should I gun it at this red yellow light or should I slow down and stop? Why does the yellow light supposed to mean slow down, but really it means hurry, 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 hurry? Should I just pretend I didn't hear my coworker snide's remarks, or should I retaliate with a meaner comeback? Should I care that I do my best work, best at work, or be content with just enough to get by? These are everyday choices that you have to make. Should I take work home or not? Should I spend a little bit of Fun time with my kid, or should I just veg out on the couch in front of the television? Should I quit my job so I can homeschool my kid or not? Should we have another kid or not? Hashtag not. <laughs> should I quit my job and look for another? <laughs> Depends on how bad you hate it. I just got some expected money, and should I pay off my credit, save it, 
or should I go and use it to start my dream job? <laughs> should I cut all ties with a friend who's just done something unexpectedly hurtful, some unexpectedly, um, unexpected hurtful things, or should I talk to them and try to work things out? Should I file for divorce or give our marriage one more try? There's choices every single day of your life. Should I get up and brush my teeth or just throw in a piece of gum? Do not answer that question. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, how do you know? <laughs> you know, in all seriousness, God has given us everything we need to make it in this life. And I don't know what it is, but we try to make everything harder than what it has to be. And on that note, I want us to go to our first point this morning. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. It doesn't have to be that hard. Amen? Verses 13 and 14 say this. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life, and few find it. We are faced with decisions every single day, church. Most of these decisions are easy to make since they involve matters of right and wrong. Even if doing right is not easy, we know that the proper decision is to do the right thing. However, there are times when knowing what is right, knowing what the right choice is, isn't that obvious. In God's Word, He has given us various ways to know what is right. When God gives a clear law in the Bible, we should obey it. Amen? When we are not given a specific law concerning a specific matter, God gives us various principles in the Bible to guide us in our decision-making. Write these down if you're taking notes. Here are seven ways that can help you make a good and godly decision. Number one, pray. Every decision we make should be bathed in prayer, except brushing your teeth. You don't have to pray about that one. Just do it. For the love of God, just do that. Praying about your decisions will keep you closely connected to the Lord. Through prayer, you can maintain a close relationship with God with, without which you would not be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in the decision you need to make. Secondly, number two, obey God's Word. God's commands are to be obeyed. There is no real decision that needs to be made when there is a clear command in the Bible concerning the matter. If we know we're not supposed to gossip because God's Word says do not gossip and do not spread lies, then we don't have to pray about that. <laughs> should I talk about that person bad, God? I really don't know if I should. You let me know. <laughs> Simple obedience is the proper response to the Lord's commands. Don't complicate a decision because you think the Bible doesn't apply to your situation. Number three, apply biblical principles. When there is not a clear command that is to be obeyed, then God has given us principles in His Word that we should apply to our lives. There are many different principles, but I want to look at two of them. The doubt principle. When you are unsure as to whether an activity is right or wrong, the doubt, the doubt principle says that you should not do the activity. According to Romans 14, 21 and 23, we should not engage in activities if we are unsure as to whether it is, is appropriate or not. In fact, the Bible goes on in that verse to say that engaging in an activity when you are not convinced it is the right thing to do so is sin. What about the association principle? We should not associate ourselves with, with that which is or may be inappropriate. We are told in 1 Thessalonians 5.22 to abstain from activities that have the appearance of evil. 
What is the dominant association of the activity? If people see you doing it, will they immediately think, immediately think you are involved in something inappropriate for a Christian? If so, then you should not participate. Number four, follow God's leading. Sometimes we don't make decisions a, a spiritual matter or a subject of prayer because we are afraid of how God will lead. God wants to bless us. But blessings only come through obedience. When you finally make the decision you know is right, then accept what the Lord has shown you and do what is right in that situation. It may be something difficult to do, but the promise is that as you obey the Lord, you will have blessings in your life. Number five, seek godly advice. Notice the word godly. There are times when the decision is much bigger than, than what we can comprehend, when we need others to help us work through the difficult aspects of our decision. Having other people at your side to help counsel you is wise and godly according to Proverbs 15.22. Part of the function of the church is to support one another. Use the church as God intended it. A support network for Christians. But don't go find the person that you know is a gossip and confide in them and ask for godly counsel. Seek godly advice. Two more of them. Six, stretch your faith. Even after each of the previous steps, you may, know not, you may not know the final decision you should make. Allow God to take some time in showing you. Trust that he will reveal his will when the time is right. God doesn't always answer or give direction on our timetable. He works his own plans in his own ways. Trust that he has done this enough to, to know exactly what you need and how you need it and where you need it and how much you need it. And lastly, learn his desires. The Bible says delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart in Psalms 37. I think these verses are often used to say that God will give you anything you want. What's my desire? So give it to me. But notice that verse 4 comes with a condition. If you delight in him, he will give you your desires. This could be read if he will give you what you desire or he will give you the right desires. Ultimately, I think they are one and the same. If you have the desires that he wants you to have, then you will receive what you desire. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be achieved. Are you thankful for that? There are many decisions that involve a choice between right and wrong, but that is not always the case. There are times when you have to choose between two excellent options. You see, you work through the previous steps and God will show you the right decision. And when it comes down to choosing between two good choices and God does not clearly give any direction, then the final step indicates that you can choose the one that you most desire. Then trust God to bring it to pass. Remember, though, this is important, that the promise is to those who are pleasing and in right in the sight of God. Otherwise, you won't know what the right choice is if you're not living right. In other words, church, don't make things harder than what they really are. Here we have in this passage the Savior of the world telling us that there are two ways to eternity. A wide gate and a narrow gate. Some of the characteristics of, of these gates, the, the idea of this broad road is that it imposes no boundaries on what one thinks or what one believes or what one does. It's a wide gate. It doesn't matter what you believe. Believe whatever you want. Believe whatever makes you feel good. Personal views do not make any difference. You see, this was 
The early experience of C.S. Lewis as described in his autobiography, he says this, I was soon, in the famous words, altering, I believe, to one does feel. And oh, the relief of it. From the noon of revelation, I passed into the cool of evening, twilight of higher thought, where there was nothing to be obeyed and nothing to be op- to be believed except what was either comforting or exciting. You see, the wide gate is believes whatever makes you feel good. Do what makes you feel good. You know what? It's the popular gate. It's the easy choice. It's the fun gate. But there's a price to be paid for this choice. It leads to destruction. It leads to pain. It leads to sorrow. It leads to death. But the narrow gate, it's difficult. Yeah, it's hard. And it's not very pretty. It's inconvenient. It's painful. But the reward is unending. The reward is heaven. The reward is everlasting joy, peace, happiness, fulfillment. The result is awesome. I've ran two marathons in my life. My goal is to run the entire 26.2 miles without walking. And I did it. I didn't stop one time. And about mile 18 or 19, I contemplated for about two miles I was going to stop and just quit. And I was told that you're going to hit a wall. When you get to, when you're getting close to 20, you're going to hit a wall. And your mind is going to tell you, dude, you're done. And every step I took, every, every step I took, man, it got heavier and heavier and I felt like it would never end. Oh my gosh, it was ridiculous. But once I got to about mile 21, I started thinking, I just ran 21 miles. And then I got to 22, I'm thinking, man, I'm almost there. There's no way I'm stopping now. You see, I had a choice to make. I could have stopped. And I could have started walking. And sure, I could have finished the whole marathon. But my goal was to run the entire thing without stopping. And the choice was all me. Nobody was there beside me saying, you know what? You're not allowed to stop or I'm going to shoot you right now. I had a choice. It was my choice to keep going. Their choice is all on you. No one else can make you choose one or the other. The narrow gate or the wide gate. It's all up to you. Which takes me to my second point this morning. Number two, it's all on me. Somebody say that. It's all on me. Verses 21 and 22 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, did we prophesy in your name and did we drive out demons in your name and do many miracles in your name? When I was little, every now and then I would make a decision that I thought was right. Inevitably, it was wrong. You see, I wanted to argue my way to get my way and get everyone else to go with my way. You may ever identify with that. And I would have an excuse for everything under the sun. And my dad used to say to me, son, if you butt me one more time, I'm going to bust your butt so hard you won't be able to sit down for a week. Have you ever thought about that? That's a horrible like idea. Can you imagine being little, going to school, and you're standing up for the pledge and doing your thing, and the teacher says, okay, you can be seated, and you're still standing. I said, you can be seated. You don't understand. You see, I can't feel my butt. (laughs) And my dad said if I was going to smart off to him one more time that he would smack my butt so hard I wouldn't be able to sit down for a week. Well, it's true, teacher. 
So I'm going to stay in the rest of the week. <laughs> That's a horrible, horrible way to look at it. But you see, we like to blame everyone else. Or point the blame at something else because we, will, we don't want to own up with a decision that we've made in life. Here are five ways we like to pass the blame. We like to blame society. You don't understand. You don't understand the environment that I work in. You don't, you don't understand what they expect. You don't, you don't understand. If you only walked in my shoes for a day, then you would understand why I had to make the decision that I had to make. It's because of everybody else's problem that I have a problem now. Number two, we like to blame our families. Well, the reason why I am the way that I am, if you only saw my dad and my mom, you'd understand why I am the way that I am. Have you seen my kids? You know why I have the problems that I have. We like to blame our family. We like Number three, we like to blame our friends for all our problems. She made me do it. They made me do it. Well, I was there and they were there and we were all there, so I had to do it. So we blame our friends for everything that we've done. Number four, here, here's church people... We are pros at this one. You ready? We love to blame the devil. You ever thought about that? Blaming the devil for everything? You ever got in a fight? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That devil. Here. Stop it. You ever, you ever like been on a diet? Anybody? And you, and, and let's say you're like, your weakness is honey buns. I can eat a honey bun in one bite. But the devil makes me do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it! You know? <laughs> the church, church people love to blame the devil for everything. It's snowing outside. That darn devil. <laughs> Sun's shining outside. Oh, I needed it to rain today. I hate the devil. <laughs> you know what? We love to blame him. If the devil can make you do anything he wanted to, why would he tempt you? He wouldn't tempt someone he couldn't con- that he could control. If he could control you, he wouldn't tempt you. Somebody say, I ain't no puppet. John- James chapter 1 says, in verse 13 and 15, it says, No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, for God is not tempted by evil. And he himself doesn't tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. The Bible never says that Satan is the controller. It says he is the tempter. The devil tempts, but you decide. It's your choice. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. God is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to do. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. You will be tempted in this life, but he will always provide for you a way out. Here's a good way to get out of it. You ready for this? Some of you people who are at the marriage conference, you know exactly what I'm about to say. Whenever you're in a situation and you need to get out of it, just stop it. Just stop it. Well, I want to smack them so... Just stop it. You don't understand. I want to literally just wring their neck. Just stop. You don't understand. I really have a problem with alcohol. Stop it. Stop. There's a great video out there. You can go watch it. It's called Stop It. I'm struggling so bad with drugs. Stop. 
It's your choice. Just stop. Well, you make it sound easier than what it is. Stop. Amen? Number five. The last thing that we like to blame, and hear me on this one, we like to blame the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit can make you do anything He wanted you to do, then why would He convict you? Think about the last time you committed a sin. And remember the battle you had with listening to the Holy Spirit to do it or not. See, temptation and conviction are the same in essence with one that wants to do wrong and one wants you to do right. But you are the one who makes the decision. So if you don't like who you are, then look in the mirror. You're the one to blame. You can't blame society. You can't blame your family, your friends. You can't blame the devil and you can't blame the Holy Spirit. It's all on you. That leads me to my last point this morning. Number three, decisions determine your destiny. Decisions determine your destiny. In verse 23, it says this, that I will announce to them I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. And in verse 27, it says the rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. And its collapse was great. Church, your choices are so powerful. When you're about to make a decision, ask yourself these two questions. Am I going to enjoy remembering the decision that I'm making, or am I going to regret it? Do I want this thing in my past? Paul said everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. If you don't like what you remember, begin now to create a new memory by beginning to make good decisions in your life today. The quality of your decisions will determine the quality of your life. The decisions determine your future, but they also create your past. They will also cause to create what you remember from your past. There are things in our past that we wish we couldn't remember. Most of the things are there because of the decisions we've made. Bad decisions equal bad consequences. Stop complaining about how bad you've had it and the things you've gone through and start behaving in such a way that will change your memory. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. The reason why many of you feel like your life is a roller coaster is because of your inconsistency and poor decisions. I want to say that one again. The reason why many of you feel like your life is a roller coaster is because of your inconsistency and poor decisions. The Bible says that whatever a man plants, that is what he is going to reap. If you plant bad decisions, then you're going to get some bad benefits and some bad return. Decisions determine your destiny, your future. First Peter 4.17 says, For the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? Where do we get off thinking that we will get away with making bad choices? If we choose not to accept Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives, and then there's a price to be paid for that. As for me, I want to go to heaven. Amen? So I choose Jesus. If you want to go to hell, that's your choice. It's a choice. And no one can make that decision for you. God has set before you the choice of life and the choice of death. Choose 
life. Why would you want to spend an eternity in hell? Why would you want to spend an eternity in torture? Why would you want to spend an eternity in sorrow, in pain, in fear? Why would you want to spend an eternity regretting not making the decision to follow Jesus? I know because it's so easy to say yes to Jesus, but it is so hard to say no to the world. It's hard to lay down pride. It's hard to lay down the sin you are messed up with. It's narrow. It's difficult. But the reward is life changing. Jesus can do for you what nobody else can. He can take you higher. He can make you stronger and take away every pain in your life. Jesus Christ is so awesome. In Christ, you are forgiven. In Christ, you are redeemed. In Christ, you are restored. In Christ, you are set free. You have peace. You have love. You have an ending joy. In Christ, you have heaven for an eternity. But it's your life. It's your choice. I told you earlier that it's your decision, not your intention, that determines your destiny. This is your life. What are you going to do? Start choosing life today. What you decide today is a preview of your tomorrow. What you decide today is a preview of your tomorrow. You, you will be responsible for the decisions you make. Because you've heard me preach this message this morning, you are responsible from here on out for every decision you make. It is your decision, not your intention, that determines your destiny. Here's where we get it wrong. We say, this is my life. This is my life. But hear me this morning. God is the creator of life. He owns it. And you are bought at a price. But it's up to you whether or not you want to go to the place that your creator has prepared. It's your decision. Now what are you going to do with it? There is no point. There's no point in listening to this sermon if you aren't going to do anything about it. Admiration without action is deadly. Conviction without commitment does not benefit you. In fact, it will cause you to become numb, which will then lead to spiritual death. Heaven and hell are waiting on you. Which one will you choose?